Next on BYU Sports Nation, missed opportunity for BYU football. So what happens now for the Cougars' drive toward national relevance? ESPN's Trevor Maddich and former Raiders Spencer Hadley gives us their analysis of what happened in Kansas City. Plus, it's BYU basketball game day on a Monday or Tuesday, depending on where you live. Bottom line, just win. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Monday, BYU Sports Nation Live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'll get to you in just a second. November 16th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with It's a Small World choreographer, Jerem Jordan. I love that song. Not? (laughs) No, I'm... Okay, after the game, I have the post-game show, so I have something to do, right? in work mode. I ignored, you know, everything Sunday. Had a great Sunday hanging out with the fam. It just kind of finally set in, you know, the me... I know what happened. I watched the game, obviously. Uh, BYU, Missouri, but... I didn't realize I'd be this annoyed with what happened and and where you know things are. We'll break this down in a minute. Jeremy's experiencing emotionally what all of you fi- felt yeah. on Saturday night, but it right fi- now it finally set in. It took a little while for me. Are you going to be okay? Eventually, yeah. Not right now. Is purple your color of mourning? No, it's just a shirt I wore on the show. That's a thing, though. Like people wear certain colors. Yeah. Well, I would wear you know black or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that much about it. I'm male. That's I just put on clothes. You are you are going through the emotions of of every BYU fan now, and I'm a little sleepy. Okay, that, that, that that's also playing into it. Yeah, I oh, ate food. Hey. I'm good. Yeah. What can we do to make you feel better? Nothing. Okay. That, that was a simple conversation, right? Yeah. You just need to the we just time need to, to have pass. The, we just need to do the show. We need you know? to do the show, and Start it starts. Lo- we'll look at Fresno State later this afternoon in our pre uh, pre game meeting with Talent. The right? mental switch. Later. The flip. That's at 2 o'clock. Okay, so we have four hours (laughs) to get it out of the system. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football lost to Missouri 20-16 in Kansas City. The Cougars are now 7-3 with Fresno State coming to Provo for Senior Day on Saturday at 3 Eastern game live on BYU TV and watch ESPN for the home finale. Men's basketball opened the season Friday night. They won by 31 against Utah Valley. Who called 27-plus? This guy. Led by Kyle Davis' 17 points, and listen to this, 20 rebounds. The most rebounds in a season-opening game ever for Brigham Young University. BYU plays Long Beach State tonight, I think, or tomorrow morning, 1.45 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2 and BYU Radio, a part of the ESPN Tip-Off Marathon. So get a nap. I am definitely going to take one, either right after the show or later this in the afternoon, so that I can be awake at local time, what, 11.45 to like 1.45 a.m.? I want Woo! nothing more than for you to have a nap today. I might take a nap during the like C blocks. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just <laughs> to, just have a strong second half. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. You did say twenty seven plus for men's basketball, didn't you? Oh, and we said and we said uh I said Lex Eaton would score exactly nineteen. 
She, she had did. 19 points. And you said she wouldn't be uh, uh, right out. And she wouldn't be the leading scorer. And she was not. Pulsifer had twenty six. <laughs> wow, we 12th, missed some other ones though. Yeah, we won't. We won't talk about those. Twelfth ranked BYU women's soccer won its opening round NCAA tournament game Saturday, one nil yeah. against Utah Valley. They advanced to play Stanford now in Palo Alto. Guess who scored the only goal? Uh, Friday's BYU Sports Nation women's soccer guest, Elena Medeiros. That the is karma. correct. Yep, yep. And she said to me after the game, Spencer, the karma worked. Love yeah, it. That's awesome. Uh, and the karma continues, man. 13th-ranked women's volleyball beat Gonzaga in five sets Saturday afternoon. Alexa Grad, 29 kills in 13 days. She had 30 kills on Thursday, 29 on Saturday. I'm Put project- it in your books. I'm projecting a West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Missed opportunity at Miss Uri. Uh, well, obviously it hurts, um, you know, just coming up short like that. Uh, it wasn't a matter of effort. We were fighting the whole game, just couldn't make enough plays. And it's, it stings, but we just got to keep our heads up. A dismayed BYU quarterback, Tanner Mangum, on the BYU TV Sports postgame after that 20-16 to loss on Saturday night. Look, there's no way around it. In Tanner's words, that loss really stings. So with BYU now at seven wins and three losses through ten games, what happens now for BYU football? Which brings us to the Twitter question. How did the Missouri game change your outlook on the BYU season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Sean Larson 03. Playing with house money, 7-2 record portrayed them as better than they were. Chalk that loss to the law of averages. Which is an interesting point because we've talked about regression to the mean on this show. Peak moments, low moments, right? Low moment Michigan, peak moments, Nebraska, Boise State. Um, And BYU faced a Missouri team that uh, BYU was favored against and then just didn't take advantage of opportunities. Last week was seize the moment, seize the moment. BYU did not seize the moment. How did it change your outlook, and what exactly did BYU miss out on? It starts with BYU not being ranked this week, and the number one thing that we have made very clear on this show, that is when you are independent, not in a conference, if you want to be noticed and nationally relevant, you have to get ranked. And BYU, two outside of the top 25, heading into this game against Missouri, a win you, th- you would think would have pushed the Cougars into that top 25. Now they have to wait until January if, if they're going to be ranked at all. So now you play the rest of the year and your highlights aren't on SportsCenter and people aren't talking about you. You have, to do rele- you have to have relevant moments. This was a relevant moment. Everything that happened with Missouri last week, including Gary Pinkle's retirement announcement and this morning talked you know, about that at length you know, 20 minutes ago in a press conference. And there are a few moments that point, uh, stick out in this game where you know, BYU had negative plays that didn't go their way. Tanner Mangum uh, coughs up the ball at the 16-yard line. Adam Hine coughs it up inside the 20 when BYU is going to score. Uh, Tau 2's targeting penalty. Before that, Kainuku has an interception. Michael Davis has a pass interference. It's frustrating because BYU is a good team. They really are. Uh, but they didn't make the plays to be able to win this game against a 4-5 and five Missouri team, which, by the way, is, depending on how you look at it, 18 points away from being 8-2 and two, or whatever, right? But they had talent, and BYU has talent too, and Missouri won the day. Missouri won the day. It's, if that's in Provo, I think BYU wins the game. But it's a neutral side game, and BYU loses by 4. Credit to Missouri. They had possession of the ball for over 
39 minutes and the first half, in that, that game. played a big role. And then in the second half, that won them the game because BYU couldn't get the ball back. Imagine Tanner Mangum, after the game, uh, sitting there thinking, hey, just give me one more shot. Just give me one more shot. And he doesn't even get it. BYU, they BYU had a three and out. want to make a big, big issue about, well, there were over 400 yards of offense from Missouri. They had the ball for 40 minutes. All of that matters. Yards, points. I mean, the defense held Missouri under 20, which – or 220, which is under 24. That's the goal. The offense did not produce enough. Jason Shepard last week on the show said, this can't be the week Missouri's offense wakes up. They woke up. 20 points, 434 of total low. That's, that's waking up for them. They had scored one touchdown in the last four weeks. They scored two touchdowns. A loss to Missouri keeps BYU out of the top 25. And now another question comes into play. Which bowl game will BYU go to? If the Cougars beat Fresno State and Utah State and end the regular season 9-3, and three, is that enough to get them to the Las Vegas Bowl over the Hawaii Bowl? And you say, well, what's the difference? I don't and know. a lot of people ask me when we're going to know this. Probably December 6th. When they announce all Sunday, the Sunday, December 6th. It's like Selection Sunday for football. So what's the difference between the Las Vegas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl? How about $600,000 difference? You That's get a lot paid, of chicken nuggets. You get paid more going to the Vegas Bowl, and you also are guaranteed a Power 5 opponent out of the Pac-12 in the Las Vegas Bowl. You can look at, hey, Hawaii would be cool, but when you look at the opponent and the money, it's clearly the Vegas Bowl is superior to the American in that sense. Now, both bowls would be quality in their respective forms, and the American has actually proved to be a pretty interesting and relevant conference this year. However, I would prefer to go to the Vegas Bowl for the reasons that you outlined and, and have a Power 5 team at the end and have, I don't know, $600,000 more. So BYU, I don't know that it, co- it, didn't, co- it didn't cost them the Vegas Bowl. But it might have, in the end, losing that game to Missouri. That might have cost them some money. It's BYU or the best Mountain West Conference team, which right now is San Diego Diego State. State. Both Mark Schlebaugh and Brett McMurphy of ESPN are projecting that it will be Boise State or San Diego State in the Las Vegas Bowl. BYU in the Hawaii Bowl against Tulsa or Arizona, which I'm not sure how that works, but I'm assuming... They're saying the AAC won't be able to fulfill all of its bowl agreements, so BYU to the Hawaii Bowl against Arizona. I would prefer a Power 5 opponent, and here's why. Even over a ranked uh, Group of 5 team. Because that carries some weight, right? And that would lead into next year. If BYU can finish with two wins in the regular season, Fresno State this week at Utah State, who's 5-5, five and five, by the way. They've not, Utah State has not been as good as we thought they would be. Yet are 4-0 at home, by the way. Then, BYU, if they got a, a 10th win and a win over a Power 5 team in that game, 10 wins means you're on the cusp or pro- and probably a ranked team to end the season and you return your quarterback. Most of the time, that means you're ranked in the preseason next year. So, BYU has to do that, the back three, to try and get ranked going into next year. The point is... Losing I, I to, want that because the offseason is yes. way more interesting. Losing to Missouri just limits... Your margin of error now. There is zero slip-up room you now. You have to be perfect to get 10. After a loss to Missouri. And 10 is still more than it's more than my expectation. If BYU finishes with 9, I go, man, in the end, really good. But people are disappointed because BYU's was 7-2. and two, So you felt like, hey, 10 or 11 is realistic, right? And it felt that way. But now the BYU's lost to Missouri. They, they're 7-3. and three. But when you look at the field, still pretty good, which, look, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 34% of FBS teams have seven wins or more. So you're in the upper third. Good. I don't think that it's good enough right now for BYU Sports Nation, though. 
because they felt like all these fourth quarter comebacks would continue to happen. You want to be in the top 25% and be ranked? You want to be in the top probably 20% to be ranked. You know. I want to ask the question again that we asked last week. What's what? more likely now? BYU football wins 10 games or BYU basketball gets a single-digit seed to the NCAA <laughs> tournament? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How don't many know. of you are switching sides now? Why did you have that prerogative as games are played? Why, why does seven and three feel irrelevant? That's a great isn't, question. Isn't that interesting? Seven and three feels irrelevant. BYU does not play in a conference. There's not Utah at the back end. You're not playing for a conference title. The context is different. BYU could still get ten wins. If they get nine wins, I say, hey, that was a good season. Because you know what BYU's had the last three years against, uh, you know, easier schedules. Eight, well, eight. Although 2013, in my opinion, is stacking up to actually be tougher than this schedule. Because BYU. Nebraska wasn't as good. Boise State, not as good. BYU has an opportunity to get to 10 wins. And that's the best case scenario. Fresno State, Utah State, and a bowl game. So 7-3, and three, yes, is good. Is it disappointing to not be 8-2 and two after the Missouri game? 100% yes. However, it's not the end of the world. I do Most point, things aren't the end of the I world. I do want to point out one positive. Bronson Kafusi's draft stock may have moved up a few wow. rounds. Wow. Cue Brent Musburger. And here comes Witter. He's hit in that backfield for a loss. And you know who. Bronson Kafusi. I don't know what awards this young man is up for this year, but just give him some of that hardware. <laughs> just let him stay here and suit up for the Chiefs. He could start for Alabama. Those were all the superlatives from yeah. Brent Musburger. Yes, on Bronson Kafusi. Had a fantastic game. Ten tackles, two forced fumbles, three tackles for a loss. Oh. And a fumble recovery. And a fumble recovery. It was awesome. His best game as a Cougar. Musburger also said this, probably because Bronson played awesome, about BYU. Quote, I think if the Big 12 ever wants to expand, one of the first teams they should look to is the Cougars of BYU. End quote. And that was after the game ended. Everyone knows, yeah, that's validating what we've already known, which is if there's expansion, BYU certainly is the uh, one of the top of the list. At the top of the list. Let's do it or not. Let's do it. The conversation happening right now on the Twitter machine. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. How did the Mizzou game change your outlook on this BYU season? Tweet in from at CJ Hershey. He says, like we squandered another great opportunity to make a splash. And that's disappointing. I mean, BYU made plays earlier in the year and made a lot of plays in fourth quarters to win, right? Didn't in the UCLA game. But And Michigan was the outlier. But other than that, BYU had made plays to win. So you, you look at the overall body of work in BYU in fourth quarters and being able to come back. I'd take what BYU has. It's just disappointing because Missouri was so vulnerable. Four and five, interesting situation on campus. Could really rally them or not. I didn't, I didn't feel like Missouri was dominating this game and BYU just was overmatched. BYU didn't get I, pushed around. No, I, I felt like, and BYU couldn't run the ball, and that did affect them. The BYU offense couldn't establish it, and that did affect them. So they got pushed around a little bit on offense. But coughing up the ball a couple times, and then defensively, those two penalties on that one drive, really set the Cougars back. I know people are making a big deal about it. Trevor Sampson missing a PAT. That did not matter in the end. There were other plays that cost BYU in that game. And so now you move on. You have Fresno State, Utah State, and then a bowl game. You can get to 10. Coming up next on the show, Spencer Hadley, former Oakland Raider and BYU linebacker, will join us with his thoughts on the game. But first, it's ESPN's Trevor Maddich. What did this loss do to BYU and their drive to get nationally relevant? This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Every Tuesday is a Super Tuesday. That's because BYU Sports Nation re-airs at 6 Eastern inside BYU football last week and this week is 7 and 7, 30 Eastern. And then after further review is at 8 Eastern. Check it out tomorrow night. Our Twitter question today, how did the Missouri game change your outlook on the 2015 BYU football season? Use the hashtag BYUSN to join that conversation. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is ESPN college football analyst and BYU national champion offensive lineman Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome back to Studio Thank B. Thank you. Hey, listen, Thank you. this was a crazy weekend and I want to start there, first of all. It felt like March Madness to me within college football. It was awesome, except for BYU, right? Yeah, that kind of put a big uh, big wet blanket over the whole thing. It was so much fun to watch all those other games because you don't have skin in the game. You know? you're, you're, watching, you're watching Oklahoma beat Baylor. You're watching just a lot of desperate teams trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. And it was fun and entertaining, but with BYU, you know, I, I evaluate BYU as a dispassionate analyst because that's my job. But in my what? heart, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard <laughs> to watch them lose that game. Yeah, it's tough. And our conversation in the opening segment, Trevor, was it's, it's weird. BYU's 7-3, and three, but they're not nationally relevant. That's still a good record. Uh, but BYU is not relevant. They're not ranked. They had a chance to do that. So what's, uh, how does the loss to Missouri affect maybe BYU's relevance nationally? Well, BYU's relevance nationally only matters when they are in the mix for either a playoff spot or a New Year's Six bowl. And they don't have the benefit of the doubt that the group of five has to where if they're the highest ranked among that, that group, they get the automatic bid. They would have to be ranked high enough and be relevant enough that the New Year's Six Bowls would want to pick BYU as an at-large selection, which, which could happen because BYU is a respected national brand. But you now with three losses, that's off the table as well. But that doesn't mean it's a lost season. You know, it, that means that that goal is out the window. But BYU still has a chance to win 10 games, which against this schedule is a phenomenal, phenomenal season. So... If you entered this season thinking, okay, BYU is going to finish this whole thing, including the bowl game at 10-3, and it's not ideal, but you'd say, man, that, that's fantastic considering that this could be said to be the most difficult schedule BYU has played, at least in my memory. So, you know, I, I, the national relevance of it is one standard, but it's not the only standard, and, and I think BYU has a lot to be proud of and still a lot to play for. If, and this is a big if, BYU does beat Fresno State and Utah State and then win a bowl game to finish 10-3, and would the Cougars then again be nationally relevant at the end of the season? I think there'd be a lot of a lot of hope going into next year. And I think the buzz for BYU would be very positive because a 10-win BYU coming off of, of that kind of a schedule going into next season, a lot of people would be talking about it because all of a sudden you've got a lot of players back, especially now at quarterback. And I'm not sure what Tanner, uh, excuse me, uh, Taysom Hill's situation is, but certainly Tanner Mangum will be back. And I think going into next season when you talk about relevance, if BYU is able to get a fast start because of the conversation that we'll have uh, heading into the start of the season, I think you'll have a team that has a chance to, once again, make enough noise to possibly qualify for a New Year's Six Bowl next year. So we'll have to see. That's one of the things that they're playing for this year. I mean, they wouldn't say that. They're saying they just want to play to win the very next game. But the big picture is it all matters in terms of continuity heading into next season. 
That's big picture. Let's talk about just Missouri and maybe where BYU goes from here and, and the nuances of that game. Where did BYU lose the game against Missouri, Trevor? Defensive penalties. I expected the offense of BYU to struggle. I mean, Missouri's one of the best defenses in the country. They're only giving up about 14.5 points a game. BYU scored 16 as a team, so that's pretty good, I guess. But I didn't expect BYU's offense to do a whole lot. What I expected was the defense to really shut down Missouri's offense, and they did, but for a couple of key penalties. And the one that stands out is a pass interference penalty in the end zone that negated an interception in the end zone by Kainakua. And Missouri turned that from a turnover, that interception, with new life. They scored a touchdown and won the game by four points. You know, and it's hard to to point a finger at a guy. It's hard to point a finger at even just one play. But ultimately, you can look at any one of three or four or five plays in any any close football game, and if any one or two were reversed, the the outcome is reversed. And that's one play that you can look at, not knowing that that would be the case before the play or before the game. But afterwards, looking back at it, it's BYU defensive penalties that extended Missouri drives that really cost them this game. Leading into this question next then, Trevor, I've seen the conversation on social media between BYU fans and not so much BYU fans that the Cougars gave this game away and that Missouri didn't win it. How do you see that playing out with what happened on Saturday night? I think both teams tried to give the game away because for all the penalties and and mistakes that BYU made to help Missouri, Missouri returned the favor. Penalties to stop their own drives or penalties to help BYU. Uh, It's just that when it came down to it, in the end, Missouri made one more play than BYU. I don't want to take any any credit away from Missouri because in some ways that's not just disrespectful to Missouri, it's disrespectful to BYU. BYU faced an outstanding defense and made a couple of mistakes that, that, that allowed the Missouri offense to overcome the, the good play the rest of the game of BYU's defense. And that, that's what it really came down to. What happened with Missouri's offense or BYU's defense uh, to allow the Tigers to wake up this week offensively? You know, I don't know that they really woke up. I mean, they averaged less than four yards per carry on the ground. I thought BYU's defense overall did, did quite a good job, especially considering the emotional charge that Missouri had coming into this game because their coach, Gary Pinkle, uh, he announced before the game you know, this week that, he, that this would be his last season. He was diagnosed with cancer. And I tell you, if there's ever anything that will inspire a team to play with every ounce of, of capability that they have, it's that kind of an announcement because they, they truly love Gary Pinkle. He is one of, the, one of the great men of college football. And so BYU had to weather that storm as well. So, you know, I, I think that, that if BYU had won this game, regardless of Missouri's schedule, or excuse me, record, it would have been a great quality win for BYU. It's just that they, they let it slip away. Over 400 yards of offense given up to Missouri. How much do you attribute that to the Tigers' ability to control the ball and the clock? Well, they were they were able to do that. They were able to, to move the ball, and BYU had trouble getting off the field. They gave up uh, too high of a third down percentage. Missouri was able to convert those third downs and stay on the field. But even so, if it weren't for the penalties, it wouldn't really have mattered much because what matters is the, the score, not the yardage. And the score, BYU would have had it if that interception would have stood. And instead it was, it was a, uh, a, a pass interference penalty 
that gave Missouri new life. So it just comes back down to the same thing. BYU is a, a very good program, a very good football team this year, but they're not good enough to overcome those kinds of mistakes against a team that's got things going for it like Missouri does. With that said, Bronson Kafusi had his greatest game as a Cougar, uh, and on a, a relatively big stage. How much did his draft stock increase in this game? I think it went up. I think it went up because what the NFL wants to see is you finish plays. There are a lot of great athletes that run around, but at the end of it all, they, they don't finish a play. And Kafusi did that. Kafusi affected plays. Now, finishing doesn't always mean get the sack. But it means defeat your blocker and get to a place to where you, you affect the play and wreck the play. That's finishing as well. And Kafusi did that over and over and over again, even though Missouri knew he was the guy that they had to stop. Trevor Maddich of ESPN College Football Insider with us on BYU Sports Nation, as he is on every Maddich Monday. Let's take this thing back national now and look at the college football playoff. After the wild weekend that we just witnessed, who are the four teams that deserve to be in the college football playoff right now? Well, if you talk about deserve to be there, uh, if, if it ended today, I would have Clemson at number one, Alabama at number two, Ohio State at number three, and Oklahoma State at number four. And Ohio State's the only one that really is a uh, kind of a flyer because their resume – uh, doesn't have uh, you know anything that t- tells you that they ought to be there. Their defense is playing very well on tape. They you can see a ton of talent from those guys, but their offense is is spotty and it's weird because even though their offense looks so often like it's struggling, they still lead the Big Ten in scoring and in yards per play. And that's really weird because when you watch them on tape, it just doesn't look like they're moving the ball and scoring points to that, to that level because they're not playing that well. But they are. And you just imagine if they finally put it together like they did at the end of last year. Then you have a jalopy that turns into a, a high-performance sports car, which they're capable of doing. So <laughs> Ohio State's a bit of a leap of faith. But, uh, but for those other teams, those are the ones I think deserve to be there right now. So which conference or conferences, depending on Notre Dame, uh, will get left out of the playoff, in your opinion? Well, the, the Pac-12 right now, I think, is pretty much out, barring a lot of weird stuff going on, because they will have a conference champion now with at least two losses. And that, that's a real problem for them, especially because Notre Dame is sitting there. Now, if a big, the Big 12 has a champion with one loss, I think they get in over a two-loss Pac-12 champion. I think that's the way it'll work out. And the ACC is probably in, assuming that Clemson doesn't blow it. The SEC looks like it will be Alabama or Florida, uh, and uh, the winner of that game will probably only have one loss. And so, you know, it looks like the Pac-12 might be the one left out. It's weird how things are setting up right now, though, because if you're a Notre Dame fan, for example, you're desperate to have uh, Oklahoma lose to TCU this week. You're desperate to have Oklahoma State lose to Baylor this week because you can't afford to have an undefeated or even a one-loss Oklahoma be the Big 12 champion because that might be enough to put the benefit of the doubt on the opposite side of the ledger and knock Notre Dame out of the picture. So Notre Dame really cares what happens in the Big 12 right now. And so this is one of the great things about this playoff is that the way it makes fan bases in one region of the country be desperately careful 
caring about what's happening in another region. Isn't it interesting that the independent powers, Notre Dame and BYU, both really independent care about powers? what happens to Notre Dame what? and the Big 12 as the bowl season approaches? Yeah, it matters. And I tell you, BYU, for the reasons of 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 getting into a conference. I mean, that's just sort of been a common theme that BYU is sort of in limbo right now. They they uh, it would be best for them to get into a, to a Power Five conference. It just would. And whatever happens to the Big Twelve, we'll see. Because if the Big Twelve is left out of the playoff for the second consecutive year, I think now you'll start to see uh, them be be very serious about considering expansion and going to a conference championship game. The expansion. Is not necess- might not be necessary for it because they could get permission from the NCAA to have a conference championship game even though they only have 10 teams. The, the rule has been that you have to have 12 in order to split into divisions and have that conference championship game. But, uh, but even so, the Big 12 last year didn't rush into making big changes, certainly not expansion, after they were left out of the playoff. And it was wise for them to do that, to not have a knee-jerk emotional reaction. It was wise for them to let things play out. But if it happens a second year in a row, and they have a one-loss conference champion that doesn't make the playoffs, now you might see things start to shake up, and that might open the door for a team like a BYU to maybe join that conference. Trevor, always a pleasure, my friend. We appreciate the time amidst your busy schedule. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Interesting how Trevor gauges national relevance, Jeremy. We say top 25 ranking. He takes it to the next level. Yeah, he said New Year's Six or college football playoff type teams. Now, that's probably, what, top 10, top 15. To me, relative relevance, and I sit here in Provo every day and talk about BYU, so it's different than Trevor at ESPN. But if you're ranked, to me, you're relevant in that. Your highlights will be on SportsCenter. In that, you go into a game, people know you're ranked. Your scores show up on bottom lines, that kind of thing. To me, that's relevance. And BYU will have to wait until January for that. And that's disappointing because BYU didn't get pushed around. BYU just didn't make enough plays to win. Ultimately, would 9-4, and four, I know that 10-3 and three would be a great success because that Best means three straight wins, including a bowl win. On, Ten wins on this season would be amazing. 9-4, and four, would that be considered a success? Because BYU, who knows what no, happens No, because next of how season. you finish. Yeah. To the fans, to me, overall, overall season, yes. I would say yes, because I said eight would be a good season at the beginning of the year. I thought Nebraska would be better. I thought Boise State would be better. I didn't think Missouri would be five and five after ten games. So the schedule has not lended itself to being, to me, the toughest in BYU history. I don't think that it is when all is said and done. Before the season, stacked up. It had the most big names. Yes. Had the most big names. Well, yeah, and those teams going into the year. Nebraska had nine wins coming into the season. Boise State had 12 wins coming into the season. They have not performed up to Missouri was the SEC East champion. That's right. Michigan has been way better than they were last year. So uh, it was, it's, it's always different than what you think. But BYU, unfortunately, doesn't come out on the winning end in this one. Coming up, our helmet stickers. How close is Tanner Mangum to completely chasing down freshman records and Jake Heaps? Plus, Spencer Hadley sounds off on what happened against Mizzou. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thanks to all of you for staying with us. We apologize for the technical difficulties. In hindsight, after incessant pleading from the University of Utah, we shouldn't have let those interns come in today. We've re- <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. 
That was a mistake. Hey, our Twitter contest continues. Uh, you create a sign for basketball game day, whether at home or at the arena. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Send us a picture of that. Uh, what you win is uh, you know, some tickets to basketball game. Get to hang out with us. Get to go to lunch with us. Get some swag. So keep that going. Friday against Adams State is the next home game. But if you're at the Long Beach State game tonight or you're watching that and you happen to stay up late, Tweet us using the hashtag BYUSN, follow at BYU Sports Nation for your chance to win. I believe that in the coming week or two, we will announce that winner. For those of you wondering what about the rest of the Trevor Maddich interview, not to worry. We will have that full interview on the rebroadcast today, 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV. We'll also tweet out a link to that interview on our Twitter account, so we have you covered. Let's refresh the rest of today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football lost 20-16 to in Missouri. In Kansas, or to Missouri, in Kansas City, rather. The Cougars now 7-3. and three. Fresno State coming to town in Provo. Three Eastern on BYU TV and watch ESPN for the home finale. Fres, yes. Men's basketball opened the season with a 31-point win against Utah Valley in the fighting, fighting Mark Pope's Friday night. Led by Kyle Davis' 17 points and 20 boards. The most rebounds in a season-opening game ever for BYU. The Cougars play Long Beach State tonight at 1.45 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 and... BYU Radio. So is that tonight or tomorrow morning? We y- def- it, yes, correct. <laughs> 12th-ranked BYU women's soccer advanced in the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship yeah. by beating, who they beat? Utah Valley. That's right. They owned Utah Valley over the weekend. 1-0. The Cougars now move on to play a very tough Stanford team in Palo Alto. Bring on the Cardinal. And 13th-ranked women's volleyball beat Gonzaga in five sets Saturday afternoon. Alexa Gray, 29 kills and 13 digs. She crushed it this week. Joining us now in Studio B is former NFL and BYU linebacker Spencer Hadley. Spence, welcome back to Studio B, man. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. It's been a little while. It has been a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. I imagine we're going to talk a little football if that's okay with you. I, I'm, I guess I'm okay with Did it. Did you watch the game? I, I thought Did we were going to talk w- about what? Holly Holm. Oh, I thought that's why oh, we were yeah. here. How about that? Is okay. that not why we're here? Oh, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, man. Never mind. BYU Sports Nation UFC analyst Spencer Hadley <laughs> is on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> that was crazy, right? Yeah. It was intense. Did you watch it? You obviously it? want to talk about it. I saw the I mean, highlights. I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Were you happy that Ronda Rousey lost, Spencer? No. And then yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, I, I was rooting for her. I'll be honest. I was okay. rooting for her. But Holly Holm, she, Wow. What was a rough Saturday night for wow. you then? Because a, yeah. your UFC gal lost, and then BYU football. Yeah, I was pretty upset. Ends up losing to Missouri twenty to sixteen. Wait, now hold on. Before we break down Missouri, we haven't had you in since you got married, right? It's true. Oh, that's congratulations! Right. You're true. wearing yeah. a wedding ring, Thanks, guys. Thanks. So you had like the the hurricane scare when you were there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Can you we summarize were, that. Yeah, yeah. We real quick. So we were in Puerto Vallarta when uh, we went to bed Thursday night. We knew of a Tropical storm was what we were told. That there was a tropical storm in the area, and uh, not to worry, no big deal. So we, <laughs> uh, what? right, we go to bed Thursday night, wake up Friday morning. Um, my brother actually called me. He called the hotel and got to our room because neither of our cell phones were working. He's like, "Dude, wh- what's your plan?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, on my honeymoon, I'm coming home today. What do you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's my plan? I'm gonna enjoy this last day. And we uh, go out into the lobby. It's like buzzing like a beehive, the airport's shut down. They're like, oh, yeah, there's a Class 5 hurricane headed our way. We're like, what the heck? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? So they, uh, they bust us to a, a shelter. It was a, a school. And um, we sat like there my, sat there for 12 safe? hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. is this any safer than where we were? 
Um, sat there for 12 hours and it didn't end up hitting us. But well, um, that's an unforgettable wow. honeymoon. Yeah, wow. yeah. We were bused to a shelter and hung out right. with a bunch of other random right. people for 12 hours. We were supposed hours. to come home that day, but we ended up coming home the next day. Holy so. cow! Eventful. Yeah. Okay, now we can break down Missouri. Here well, we go. I- Let's do it. <laughs> Holy cow. From UFC to also hanging out in the Puerto Vallarta. Also known as a class 5 hurricane. Yeah. Back to BYU football. Now we really are going to talk about football. And I want to start with this. 46 rushing yards for BYU against Missouri as a team. 36 against San Jose State. How does BYU improve that rushing offense moving forward? Yeah, those are frustrating numbers. And, and it's not a lack of talent in the backfield. I think we have experienced runners. We have young, explosive runners. We have great running backs. And it's not a lack of talent that's causing the lack of yards in our run game. It, it's our offensive line. It's, uh, I, I think you, you, what you don't see from our offensive line ever is, is a two- to three-yard push off the line of scrimmage. And uh, you know, if we do gash for a few yards, it's our running back breaks a tackle and, and – get some yards or, you know, makes a great cut, slices through a few guys, gains a couple yards. Um, our offensive line, we, you just don't see the push. I know that they're, they're struggling with some injury and, and they're having to juggle some guys around to, to fill positions. And that, that can really hurt, especially an offensive line, because they, the way an offensive line will block a scheme is almost like a basketball team's defense. They've got to move together like a zone defense. They've got to move together, pick up guys, communicate. Because, um, you know, defensive lines, we're, you're running switches and screens, and it, it's almost like a basketball game. It's like mm-hmm. a five-on-five five or, you know, whatever. And, and so the, the offensive line, they have to be in sync with each other. They've got to understand each other, move together. They, they move as a unit. And when you're juggling guys in and out of the rotation, it becomes very hard. It becomes difficult as an offensive line to have that continuity. And so that, there's a struggle there, and I also feel like we have a, a bit of a lack, as, as is typical with BYU, a lack of depth. Uh, some of the guys we're throwing in maybe aren't quite ready or uh, aren't quite prepared to play at that level, and I think that's the main issue with the running game. And when I look at uh, BYU in that game, there are a couple of plays that stick out to me that <clears> – <throat> If you don't have those plays happen, you know, Kainukua picks off passing the end zone, passing front. Right. BYU gets third down stop. 13 to 20 on third down, so it was a big stop. Saitautu's targeting. Yeah. Uh, fumble by Hine and Mangum. It felt like BYU uh, could control its destiny. It wasn't overpowered was it? No. by an SEC no. team. And that's what's disappointing. Right, right. No, I, and I agree. I think penalties played a big part in, in that loss. It, penalties at critical times, like you, know, you mentioned the two. And, and, and then just poor decisions. Dumb mistakes where you're just like, what are you doing? What, what is that for? What did you need to do that? You didn't need to do that. And, and it's, it seems like watching the game, it's like we did just enough to lose the game. <laughs> like, we, That's a weird we, phrase, but it makes sense. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, frustrating. Spencer Hadley with us in Studio B. We're talking BYU-Missouri and now what happens for the Cougars as we push it forward. Does BYU need to become a pass-first team with Tanner Mangum as the quarterback and the run struggles? It's interesting that you ask that question because I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game, and I say to my wife, which she doesn't understand anything I'm saying anyway, but I said to her, 
But Ben, there's 22 covers on the field. What do we do? Wait, wait, anything or football? Anything. No, football. Anything about football. Okay. She's a very bright woman. Yes. Um, I said to us, this is almost a team that's got a pass to open up their run game rather than run to open up their pass game. The drop play to Algernon Brown was a great example of that. Exactly. Twice. Two times. They ran it two times, and and it, you know, it was huge for us both times. And, um, it's just, yeah, we. I, I think. I think you give the keys to Tanner Mangum, the keys to the car, and let him just go, let him go. That's where you. In the second half, when we came out, we were slinging the ball and we were moving it, and and we did a great job of. We struggled to give him time, and I think that's where the quick game comes in, where you're, you're hitting your hot routes, your quick crosses over the middle, your quick outs. And Tanner has the arm to get the ball out there to those guys, and he's got the accuracy to put it in the right spot. So I think you give Tanner you give Tanner the keys of the car, let him take over, throw the ball, sling it, quick game. He's smart, and it worked for us in the second half, but it was just like too little too late. And then you know penalties and, and some, some fumbles were key. Ten games in now, BYU 7-3, fresh off of a disappointing loss, so for some reason, seven wins feels disappointing. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It does. If you had said it before the season, dot, 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 yeah. you know, 7-3, and three, I think BYU is still in a decent position to finish with an overachieving uh, record at the end of the season. Sure. What do you think? Three I, left. Yeah. I, I think, oh yeah, I think, you know, if we get these next three, which we should, you know, they, 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 should, they should pull off these next three games and, and get the next three wins, in my opinion. And I think so that— So you don't even care who the bowl opponent is? Because well, we, we don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't care. You don't care? No. Nah. Should win? Nah. Okay. Should win. You still have the player mentality, baby. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think they should, and I think that they can. I think, I think they have a great football team, and they just—you see them, they just teeter-totter throughout games, and—, and I think they need to go with what works. I think they need to give Tanner, Tanner uh, the reins and, and let him take over. Spencer Hadley with us on BYU Sports Nation. A positive from Saturday night was Bronson Kafusi. Ten tackles, Absolutely. three tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I mean, he did it all. Brent Musburger and Jesse Palmer could not say enough good things about that guy on the SEC Network. So, that said... How much do you think he improved his draft stock with a game like that? Oh, I think he did a great job improving his his draft stock. Where exactly? Uh, I'm I'm not a draft analyst. I'd never understand You're a UFC. Analyst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I I've never understood how they they do that. You'll hear a guy, oh yeah, he's got a you know first second round grade, and he ends up going in the sixth round. You know, you you, you never know with with the draft itself. But I think he absolutely improved his draft stock to go into SEC country, which is considered the you know the big smash mouth powerhouse football, big strong guys, and to especially at the line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive line, SEC is known for beef and for power. And Bronson, the way he was just chucking those guys around, shedding offensive tackles to the ground making one-handed tackles with you know, supposedly big powerhouse run backs, which they were pretty good running backs, and throwing them to the ground, forcing fumbles, stripping the ball. I, monster. Monster. Fresno State now this Saturday. 
uh, senior day, Utah State on the road. What do we need to see from BYU to be satisfied with this team in the last two games of the regular season? Well, obviously wins. I think besides winning, wins. Spencer. We need wins, W's. <laughs> um, and I, I think I I want to see us win convincingly. We we did against Cincinnati. They came out. They, they had a great game against Cincinnati, and they and they put the game away. And they could have, they could have beat San Jose by a lot more. And and, and pick six changed the whole complexity of that game. Sure, but regardless, they they could have. That was not a great team, and they should not have hung with us. And 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 we should have had the ability to put them away. This last game, I think there were moments in the game where BYU could have separated themselves and, and where they, they could have walked away. Obviously, well, first of all, with the win, but they could have, they could have won by several. It didn't have to be close. Um, I would like to see in these next two games BYU win and win convincingly, dominate an opponent. Um, I think BYU's defense has done a good job in, in recent games of, of managing the game. Um, almost caused a couple turnovers, lost them to penalties. I think I'd like to see the defense dominate a game, create turnovers, and I'd like to see an offense that starts strong and finishes strong. Uh, Not that that we have to score a million points. Yeah, but put together a complete game. Against San Jose, they came out and they looked great to begin the game, and they they sputtered off. They disappeared. Who knows where they went? I don't know. And then in this game, it was just first half non-existent. Second half looked good, but the Missouri also had a big long drive. There just there weren't very many possessions in the second half of the Missouri game. And and I think in these next two games, what BYU needs to do is control a game and dominate it. Spence, great to have you in Studio B. We'll do it again soon, man. Uh, props on the backwards cap. Give our best to your new <laughs> bride back. as well, and congratulations on surviving a crazy <laughs> a class honeymoon. five hurricane. Holy <laughs> cow! I'm a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's chasing heaps, or has heaps been chased down, Jerem? I think we know the answer to that because you teased the letter. We'll relive the numbers <laughs> and get to more of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. May or may not. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of BYUSN Live or you missed the Maddich Maddich interview like most of you did today. I did. Catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And inside BYU football, brand new edition is tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. It is the countdown you never knew you needed, (laughs) but you can't get enough of. It's Chasing Heaps. On his way to breaking BYU freshman passing records, Tanner Mangum is chasing East. Tanner Mangum is the new freshman record holder in passing yards and touchdowns. Yeah! (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) I I I think a lot of people care. I'm so pumped right now. A lot of people care. Yeah! Tanner deserves he deserves a pat on the back because he has had an amazing freshman campaign. Oh, he has. Yeah. He uh I hope he throws the ball 61 times to pass heaps in uh, attempts. 
passing attempts he's, this Saturday. Yeah, he's still chasing <laughs> Jake Heaps and wins, tied currently. Completion needs that 18 Saturday. and He'll attempts. He'll get that Saturday. He won't get that 61. Saturday. He'll get that against Utah State. Oh, my goodness. And speaking of Tanner Mangum, we played a soundbite. We We played a soundbite early in the show, and it, it just didn't. It just didn't have enough behind it. It's so true. I want to go back to it. Let's add some sad piano music behind the Tanner Mingham soundbite. Uh, well, obviously, it hurts. Um, you know, just coming up short like that. Uh, it wasn't a matter of effort. We were fighting the whole game. Just couldn't make enough plays. And it's, it stings, but we just got to keep our heads up. I feel a lot better. I really do. That was cathartic for me. Now that you cried it out? It was tough. In all seriousness, Still, Tanner t- has been amazing. This it, is that Jim Brickman or Kurt Bester? I, I Sam Carton? Who was I don't that? Know. But it makes it feel like 70 times worse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, now for our helmet stickers, Jerem. Yeah, nice transition. Who gets your helmets? Is it Tanner Mangan? Obviously, Bronson, Cow, Fusi. He was amazing. He was amazing. Ten tackles, three tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, fumble recovery. His best game is a Cougar. For me, the helmet sticker goes to Remington Peck. Remington's Pecks? He had three catches as a BYU tight end. I can't tell you the last time a BYU tight end had three catches in a game. It was 1981 with Gordon Hudson. No, it was not. I'm just kidding. But it was probably, I don't know, it's been a long time, dude. Oh, it was uh, Kanye Akua Frio probably. In 2012? 14? Did Kanye Frill have three catches in 2014? No, dude. No, because he wasn't yeah, playing Friel in 2014. Or Mahina, in 2013? Friel or Mahina had at least three catches in a game in 2014. Devin Mahina had two touchdown catches, right, against Central Florida? Yeah. But did he have another Surely, catch? Yes, a tight end. Come on. Maybe not last year, but the year before. Oh. That's pathetic. Oh, Remington Peck, dude. Both sides. Remington mid-season Peck. Say his name correctly. Oh, my goodness. But a well-deserved helmet sticker because he's balling out. Three catches, 41 yards, all first downs. All first downs, yeah. Up next, let's whip it. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Now let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars lost 20 to 16 to Missouri and Kansas City. The Cougars are now 7 and 3 with Fresno State in town Saturday at 3 Eastern time on BYU TV for the home finale. Men's basketball. It's game day, game night, game morning. BYU opened the season, however, with a 31-point win against Utah Valley on Friday night led by Kyle Davis' 17 points and 20 rebounds, the most boards in the season opening game ever. For Brigham Young, BYU Long Beach State tonight, 1.45 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Soccer. Tonight, but really tomorrow, right? 12th-ranked women's soccer won its opening round NCAA tournament game, 1-0 against Utah Valley Saturday. Elena Medeiros was on the show, leveraged the karma, scored the only goal in the 21st minute. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball beat Gonzaga in five sets Saturday afternoon. Alexa Gray killed it again. 29 kills, 13 digs. Cross country. The men and women teams both qualified for the national championships after a third place men's finish and a fourth place women's finish at the NCAA Mountain Region Championships. That's later this week in Louisville. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had a couple of tackles and an 18-16 Lions win Mm. at Lambeau Field against the Packers, which hasn't happened forever. Alani Fua had a tackle in the Cardinals' 39-32 victory over Jerem Seahawks. And Daniel Sorensen had three tackles and a pass breakup, and he recovered an onside kick late in the game as the Chiefs beat the Broncos 29-13. Cougars in the PGA. 
Zach Blair finished tied for 10th at the OHL Classic at Mayakoba shooting 11 under. If there's a Kragen, you whisper. This That's course what you do. is electric. Swimming and diving. The women's swim team edged out of the Oregon State Beavers by the Oregon State Beavers, rather, in Corvallis on Saturday. Cougars overseas. Tyler Haas had four points and three bounds in 18 minutes in the Rio Natura Mombas Obradoro loss to FC Barcelona 67-57. Look, he plays for the workshop, man. Women's basketball. On Friday, BYU women's basketball opened their season with a 78-62 victory over Utah Valley. Mackenzie Morris and Pulsifer had a career-high 27 points to lead the Cougs. And Lexington had exactly 19 points. Bold predictions <laughs> coming true. What? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need the most, DexterLaw.com. We are giving it to our good friend Steve Vale, an awesome men's volleyball analyst for the past decade. He had emergency surgery over the weekend and is doing well. We give our thoughts and prayers to the Vale family. And the update there is that things are going well, that the surgery went well. So, so good. That's awesome for Steve. Our Twitter question today, how did the Missouri game change your outlook on the BYU season? How about a few tweets? It's Twitter time. That crazy Cook fanatic said, we've had the highest highs and lowest lows. As a longtime fan, this is what I've come to expect. Enjoy the journey. You still got 10 wins, right? No elite tweet today. Thanks to Trevor Maddox, Spencer Hadley, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUS. No, we can get it in at Sean Larson 03. Said playing with house money, 7-2 record portrayed them as better than they were. Chalk that loss to the law of averages. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brandon Howard. We'll see you tomorrow.